Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 92 of the North American Outdoors Podcast. My name is Heidi Rayo, and I'm coming to you from the great state of Texas. Following in our last couple weeks of avoiding encounters with wildlife predators and also keeping bear spray as a backup for your safety, Let's bring the topic a little bit closer to home and let's talk about keeping regular pepper spray as a backup to your safety anytime and every time you go outdoors. Some people are comfortable, confident, and trained in carrying a firearm. Some people would rather carry pepper spray and some people carry both. So think about why you need to worry about your own personal safety. How much thought have you given to your own personal safety? When you get into your car, do you automatically put on your seatbelt? When you fly in a plane, we have that safety talk where the oxygen masks are described and why it's important to put on an oxygen mask in case there's an emergency in the air. What about fire extinguishers? Does everybody have one in their homes? Or even smoke detectors, fire alarms, and alarm systems? We are so safety conscious in other parts and aspects of our life, but sometimes, especially women, tend to overlook the importance of your own personal safety. So think about what precautions you take for your own safety. And why is it important to prioritize that safety every time you walk out your front door? You are 52 times more likely to experience violence than have a car accident. Nearly thousands more times likely to be killed or maimed in an attack than to die in a plane crash. And 229 times more likely to be violently assaulted than your house catching on fire. 
our personal safety is much more at risk than other life-threatening events. These elevated odds should be reflected in the level of precaution we take in our everyday lives. Unfortunately, the attacker has the advantage. The attacker knows exactly when the attack is going to happen, where it's going to happen, when to strike, and who to strike. The attacker has their own psychology, and once you understand a little bit about the inside thinking of an attacker, you're going to do your part to stay safety aware and on alert. When you know how an assailant calculates his attack, you can help prevent it. We're talking about not being a soft target, always being aware of your surroundings, not to the point of paranoia that you believe the boogeyman is hiding behind every bush or shed, but knowing where your surroundings are, thoughtfully putting yourself in those surroundings, and having a plan if you need to use it. Just remember the action of an attacker is always going to be faster than your reaction or your defense. You must be ready for the attack and maintaining a safe distance at all times. Recommended is 12 feet minimum between you and a stranger because this gives you time to react if needed. At that distance, the attacker must take at least two steps to get to you. This information isn't presented to scare anyone. It's only to get your different mindset to be prepared at all times. Ironically, people who are habitually prepared to defend themselves rarely ever have to. Think about how you carry yourself. So let's say you get into your vehicle and you have to run a quick errand at the store. You park into the parking lot and you go into the store. Is it just set up that way or do you take extra time before you park and walk into the store? Meaning, do you thoughtfully choose your parking spot? Are you constantly scanning the parking lot, making sure that nothing looks out of place? Are you parking a space or two in between the next vehicle? Or are you trying to get the closest spot to the door, regardless of how many vehicles are surrounding you? If you do have to park next to a vehicle, Are you paying attention to what that vehicle is? The color, the size, is anybody in that vehicle? Are there doors or windows if on a van? Are you thinking about that when you pull into your parking spot? Or are you so distracted by your list or by the responding to a text message you just received that you are completely oblivious to what is around you? Next, when you're getting ready to exit your vehicle, are you looking around? Is anybody standing near your vehicle when you decide to get out? Is the car next to you, again, is there a person in that vehicle and are they looking at you? Are they watching you? Be mindful before you step foot out of your, quote, safety area of your vehicle and exit to walk into a store. Next, pay attention to your journey from your vehicle to the store. If something doesn't look right, it probably isn't. Are you walking into a situation that's already happening? 
is a store being robbed right under your nose and you're not even observing it? Is the front window of the store broken? Do you hear noises? What does it look like when you're walking up to the store? Are people standing in the store with their hands on their heads? You know, be observant when you walk into a store. Take those extra moments to pause to assess your surroundings to keep yourself as safe as you can be. Do not be what we call a soft target. Make sure anytime that you're walking anywhere in a parking lot, in a store, in a park, walk with your head up. Look around. Take note of things. How many trees do you see? How many people do you see? Are there families? How many kids are around? If you walk with your head down and you're talking or texting on the phone, you are a soft target. If you are oblivious to the events going on around you or to the surroundings where you're walking into, you are a soft target. If you're talking on your phone and not paying attention to your surroundings, you're a soft target. Are you walking or jogging with earbuds in both of your ears? If you are, you're a soft target. Do you carry your valuables like your smartphone or a laptop or iPad in plain sight? Are you carrying too many things that would prevent you from having a free hand? Are you walking alone in the dark? Are you looking lost or confused? If you answered yes to any of those topics, you are a soft target. So how do you be a hard target? How can you fix that? Think ahead to avoid potentially dangerous people and places. Walk in areas that have high visibility and are well lit. Park in a parking area underneath a big light. Make note of exits anytime that you enter a building, restaurant, theater, or a store. Always walk with a friend or family member whenever possible. Don't get too comfortable or too complacent. There is no such thing as a safe area. Many personal safety experts use a color coding system to help define and explain the appropriate level of awareness. Level white are usually those soft targets. People who walk with their head down, who are talking on their cell phones or texting while they're walking, they're jogging or walking with both earbuds in and just completely oblivious to their surroundings, they are living in level white. The next level is called level yellow. This is where you maintain an easy and relaxed awareness of all of your surroundings, 360 degrees. You know where you are. You're observant of what is around you, who is around you, and what to do if you need to. This is a a readiness of alertness and where we should always be in that level. The next level is orange. And this is a heightened sense of alertness when something or someone catches your eye. You're identifying a potential threat. Always, always trust your gut and that sixth sense that you have. If the hair stands up on the back of your neck, trust it. The next awareness level is level red. This is when you're taking action. 
This is when you're putting your plan of action into use. You're removing yourself from the situation or you're responding to a threat. But are you prepared? The next level is level black. This is where you may mentally black out or freeze if you're not prepared. People who are living in level white are completely unaware of their surroundings. We see videos all the time of people who are on their phones, they're looking down, they're distracted, and they step off of a a curb or they fall into the street or they fall onto the train tracks or even step into a fountain. These are the people that have no clue what's going on and would be an ideal target for an attacker because they have no idea what's going on. Attackers love looking for people living in level white. Next time that you're in a group of people, take a moment and look around. See if you can identify anybody in the location where you are who is completely oblivious, who is walking around just completely clueless, and who would be a soft target for somebody wishing to do damage or harm. The level that we want to stay in, again, is level yellow. This is also called a relaxed alertness. Our body language and our posture, we're, we're walking with our shoulders back, our head is up, we are confident, you know, we are exuding that we know what's going on, and we're walking like we have a purpose or a destination. We're also making eye contact with strangers that we are passing by. Oftentimes, a, an attacker is not going to go after a target if they have looked at them and made eye contact because in the attacker's mind, now they know what they look like. So they do not want to be in a lineup because the person that they just attacked made eye contact with them. So be confident and purposeful in your motions. Practice using the when-then thinking. What that means is when I walk to my vehicle after work, Then I have my pepper spray ready to go in my hand. When I leave the grocery store, then I will keep one hand free in case I need to use it. You are constantly visualizing scenarios of yourself being threatened. Then think of how you're going to react. When you mentally see yourself fighting back, This will actually help you prepare in case that physical situation should ever occur. You also want to have tangible reminders to remind yourself. Do something that keeps you mentally alert at all times. Even if it's something as simple as wearing a wristband or one of those um, rubber bracelets that usually have words on them, doing something that's a visual cue Oh yeah, I need to make sure that I always am looking around my surroundings. Make sure that you're doing something visual to keep safety in the forefront of your brain. In high stressful situations, the body's involuntary fight or flight reflexes kick in. These can temporarily impair higher level functions. So with intense fear, humans can sometimes lose their focus They can lose their problem-solving ability. They can lose visual acuity and even fine visual motor coordination. This can be combated by visualizing, 
putting yourself through experience and role-playing, being familiar with your areas and doing some research before you go to certain areas, and practice through training. In extreme cases, stress can reach levels that you may never have experienced and your body can totally shut down or you can absolutely freeze. Even trained professionals experience tunnel vision when they encounter highly dangerous threats. Professionals mitigate these negative physical reactions through experience, training, and repetition. Think about those who are always in stressful situations, such as law enforcement. Officers continually do more training and real-life simunitions where they are put in realistic situations and have to defend themselves or take a plan of action of what to do next. All of this training is doing nothing but making you more comfortable and more confident in your abilities that if you are ever in a stressful situation, you've practiced and now you know what to do. Reading about how to protect yourself is a great first step, but nothing replaces the physical training that you go through. It's like learning how to tie your shoe. You can read about the steps over and over, and you can even watch someone demonstrate how to tie your shoe, but you will not be able to perform that action until you actually tie your own shoe and practice it over and over again until it's second nature and you don't have to even think about it the next time you do it. So let's think about areas that would make you a soft target. It's vitally important to remain alert when approaching and using areas such as these. An ATM machine. No matter how prepared you are, ATM machines are a target to attackers. So again, be very aware of your surroundings. Take notice if there are vehicles present, the color, who's in them, are they watching you, and are there any people that are in the area where you're going to be visiting, such as that ATM machine. Whether you're on foot or in a vehicle, you always want to try to avoid using ATM machines at night. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Be aware as you approach the entrance to any location. You always want to take a few minutes and take that pause to assess the surroundings to make sure that you're not walking into a dangerous situation that may already be happening. 
Stairwells and elevators are prime areas for attackers because they are enclosed and usually deserted. Avoid using the stairs when possible if you're by yourself or if there's a suspicious looking person in the elevator. Don't be afraid to let it go and take the next elevator or walk away. Another potential dangerous situation are parking garages. Always be mindful of your surroundings and it's always best to go with somebody into an area like that where crime tends to usually happen. If you don't have somebody with you, it's always okay to find a local security guard or a police officer if you're in an area that has guards or officers and ask them if they can escort you to your vehicle. Parking garages are usually vacant and not very well lit. When you get to your vehicle, do not hang out in your car, finish replying to text messages, or keeping your head down shuffling through papers when you get into your vehicle. Get into your car, lock your doors, and exit as soon as you can to keep as safe as you can be. And finally, your home is the least obvious place to maintain your level of awareness. However, you should be just as prepared to protect yourself in your home as outside of your home. One of the things to be aware of is the landscaping around your home. Are there areas where an attacker can hide? Are there bushes that are covering your walkway into your front door? You definitely don't want to be surprised by someone lurking in the shadows where you can easily keep your home a little bit safer and adjust the landscaping so you have a better view between your vehicle and your front door. Anytime you're about to go and do a building or an office, you want to take a pause and take 10 seconds. That's all it takes is just 10 seconds. In some situations, you may only need six or even four seconds, but the key is to be aware and to be alert before you step out of your vehicle. There have been cases of people, even police officers, who walk into the middle of a robbery because they were not paying attention to their surroundings. Always be prepared, be able to change your course, be able to change your plans, and be able to change your priorities if something doesn't seem right. So in the first couple of seconds, scan your area. Does everything look normal? Does everything look as it should? In the next couple of seconds, now it's time to exit your car, and you should have an elevated awareness. Look at the surroundings. Are there people around? How are they acting? Are they going about their business or do they look rattled and shook up? The next couple of seconds is when you actually are approaching your destination. Right here is where you should do a gut check. Trust your instincts. Do you have an uneasy feeling or is everything, again, look to be normal? Trust your gut. The next couple of seconds, you've arrived at the doorway about ready to walk into your building. Scan inside. Does anyone or anything look out of place? When you go to enter the building, is the door locked? Should it be unlocked? Why is it locked? So take those mental checks before you actually are putting yourself in a situation that may not be a good one. And finally, 
once you enter the building, do that final gut check. Are there too few or too many people? What's the noise level like? Look around and be aware of your surroundings. Taking those 10 seconds is going to be a great way to get into the habit of always being alert and living in that level of awareness. When you're fixing to leave a building, you want to do these same steps in reverse when you're leaving and going back to your vehicle. Just take those few extra seconds and scan the parking area, scan the area around your vehicle, and notice if anything doesn't look right, take that moment and pause and assess before you actually step foot into that situation. Attackers know what they're doing. They're looking for a soft target and they may try to sway you with their kindness. There's a lot of common distraction tactics that attackers use. One of them is asking if you know directions, especially if you're living in a big city, you might get this question a lot. Sometimes it might be valid and sometimes it might be a setup. So be very mindful of your surroundings. And if you don't feel right, it's probably not right. You may also come into a situation if they want your help. They may have their hood of their vehicle open and they're asking you for assistance and help. You also may get asked if you have the time. So again, as an attacker will try to catch you in that vulnerable state, they're going to try to put you in a vulnerable, vulnerable position. Politely decline and keep a safe distance. But if they persist or they're insisting on getting your attention, lie if you have to. Do what you need to get out of that potentially dangerous situation. Be rude. You won't turn a decent person into a criminal, but you may become a victim to an attack if you're nice. When you need help, it's safer to ask for help than to wait for someone to approach you. Always trust your instincts. If something doesn't seem right, it's probably not. If someone is verbally harassing you or making you feel uncomfortable and just won't stop, do not be afraid to yell. You can start by asking them politely to stop, politely leave you alone. But if they continue to harass you, stand up for yourself because no one else will in that moment. Be confident look them in the eye, and be prepared to act if the situation escalates. You can yell, stop, leave me alone, I don't know this person, someone call 911. Make witnesses of the people who are around you. Get their attention and let them know that you are not in a good situation. This alone may deter the attacker by bringing attention to the situation. Most attackers do not like to be brought attention to. This also will keep you breathing and oxygenating your blood by keeping up your stamina. It's not about how loud you can scream, but how determined and convincing you are when you scream. Many times, simply yelling can deter an attack, especially if the attacker is telling you to be quiet and stop screaming then you know that's exactly what you should keep on doing. An attacker is looking for the path of least resistance from their victims. 
make the attacker think that you are not going to go down easy if he tries anything. Screaming makes you a very hard target. So how can you have more skill at protecting yourself in a situation? You can always take a self-defense course. These are valuable skills to learn, but self-defense takes dedication, commitment, and practice to learn and maintain these skills for life. It is a great thing to do and to know for supplementing other defensive tools. Another tool is a firearm. If you are trained and educated and able to carry one, this can be an extremely effective and long-range option, but it comes with a high level of responsibility, practice, confidence, and it can also have lethal consequences. You can always call 911 and call for a police officer, but again, police officers sometimes are not in the area where you are, and it could take several minutes to hours for them to respond. Police officers do have their training. They do have batons and guns and other defensive mechanisms, but unless they are within view, the average response time for police officers at a minimum is anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes if you're in an area where they are around. You also want to practice being a good Samaritan. Good Samaritans make good witnesses and can deter an attack if someone else is made aware of the situation. But individuals may not always be present or willing to come to your aid. There is a theory called the bystander effect. This is a phenomenon where individuals do not offer help in an emergency situation to the victim when other people are present. As the number of bystanders increase, individuals are less likely to assume responsibility for taking action. You can reduce this by looking at someone in the eye and pointing to them saying, you, call 911. Be even more specific by saying, you, lady in the ball cap, call 911. I need help. You, man in the red shirt, I need you over here to help me. Be very specific, but you are not going to know to do these things unless you have practiced. Another way to stay safe is to learn how to multiply your force. By using personal pepper spray, it does have its advantages. Pepper spray is extremely effective. You can defend against aggression and assault from a safe distance. It's a great equalizer with minimum skills to be used. It's a force multiplier. And you can defend yourself against multiple attackers. A personal safety device does not replace proper training, awareness, and a mindset. But when used properly, These devices offer great supplemental protection in the face of a dangerous confrontation or a violent attack. So pepper spray is extremely effective. A high-quality defense spray will shut the assailant's eyes involuntarily, allowing you a chance to escape. You're able to defend yourself from a distance. Most pepper sprays fire 6 to 10 feet. The pepper gel will spray 18 feet. Pepper spray is a great equalizer. The proper use of a defensive spray allows individuals of all skill levels 
the ability to better protect themselves and their families with minimal training. Pepper sprays are a force multiplier. A quality defensive spray allows you to generate a tremendously effective response with very little personal effort. And most sprays have enough content to incapacitate more than one assailant if needed. So why should you carry pepper spray? This helps you maintain alertness. Carrying your pepper spray puts you in the proper mindset, which then puts you in a better position to spot and avoid a potentially dangerous situation or person. Remember, those who are habitually prepared to protect themselves are less likely to ever have to. Pepper spray is placed and or carried so that you have an easy and immediate access to it. Many are small enough to discreetly carry in your pocket or even in your hand. Make sure that when you do carry it, it's always accessible. Don't have it tucked away at the bottom of your purse that when you actually need it, you can't get to it. Have it in your hand. Have it with your keys. Anytime you're walking from your vehicle to a store to anywhere you may be, always have it accessible. Pepper spray is legal in all 50 states. Double check your local and state guidelines, but it is a device that can be carried anywhere that you may travel. Even if you fly, make sure that you check it in with your bags. You obviously don't carry it on your person when you're boarding a plane, But if it's checked, you know when you get your luggage and you reach your final destination, you have a legal safety device that's readily accessible and portable, taking it with you everywhere you go. Pepper spray is non-lethal. Pepper sprays do not cause permanent injuries. While you must have proper justification to use it, you do not have to be concerned with life or death consequences from using it. The biggest advantage of pepper spray over mace or even tear gas is that pepper spray is an inflammatory agent. It causes the eyes to involuntary slam shut. Eyes tear and blink repeatedly. Eyes involuntary close and then you've got the inflammation of the respiratory tract. Pepper spray causes coughing, gagging, and loss of breath sensation. When the eyes are saturated, you give yourself an opportunity to escape and flee, even if the attacker cannot feel pain due to any alcohol or drugs that they may have in their system. The eyes are automatically going to shut, and it's going to cause some level of pain or discomfort to the attacker. Facial areas may also become inflamed, and they'll burn. Swelling may actually occur around the eyes and mouth and the nose will run and produce excessive mucus. Personal safety sprays are non-lethal, and they do not cause any permanent injuries. Most of these effects will subside within about 45 minutes. When used properly, pepper spray does what it's supposed to do. Incapacitates the attacker, giving you, the victim, time to get away. So you don't want to use it and you're not justified to use it because you don't like somebody, because you had an argument, or because they are a non-physical nuisance, or certainly not 
as a joke or messing around. If you can think to yourself, is this person intending to do me physical harm and is force necessary? If the answer is yes, then you're justified to protecting yourself. Generally, individuals may use a reasonable amount of force to protect their property. The right to defend your property is more limited than that of self-defense because the courts and society place a lesser value on property than on one's personal well-being. So what is reasonable force? Circumstances determine if the degree of force used is reasonable. A typical test involves determining whether a reasonable person in a similar circumstance would respond with a similar amount of force. Factors such as age, size, and strength of the parties are also considered. Also make sure if you do carry pepper spray, you know the rules of your workplace. Sometimes additional workplace considerations, such as your local or state laws, workplace rules, policies, or restrictions will dictate if you can or cannot carry in that environment. What would happen if you had an accidental deployment of pepper spray in that work environment? Make sure you're following the rules and regulations of the area where you're working. Just remember the most important points if you're carrying spray or learning how to be more situationally aware. The most important thing you can do is repetition. The more you practice, the more you have problem-solving skills. The quicker you are at solving those problems. Mentally put yourself in different scenarios every time you leave your home, every time you go to a location, and every time you return back to home. Always keeping mentally alert and mentally aware will help you if you ever have to put that into practice. Visualizing and going through all of the steps you may need to fend off any attack is excellent practice. Going through these motions over and over will help you prepare to escape safely if you're ever in that situation. There is no better classroom than the outdoors, roaming the woods and waters, and creating memories that will last a lifetime. This is Heidi Rayo, and you've heard another North American Outdoors podcast. For more information, visit NorthAmericanOutdoors.org and follow me on Instagram at North American Outdoors. Have a great day. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors, every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.